This is Susanna Hills Podcast. We hope this message becomes a revelation in your heart and will encourage you to live a Christ-centered life. Thanks for checking out our podcast. Here's today's message. God wasn't just incarnated. He didn't leave heaven to take on flesh, to become fully man and fully God, to reconcile and redeem for himself a people, uh, die on a cross so that he could pay for all of their sins and then be raised from the dead again. Um, just so that that would be the end. Actually, there needed to be a full completion of uh, that work. Now, I know in our South African context, I, I know for some of us, not many of us, but uh, not all of us, but for, for some of us, we don't really understand this reality of, of ascension. Let me explain it this way. Anybody part of a royal family here tonight? Okay, there's, there's, a, there's a Brit over there. He is definitely part of... Uh, he, as being part of, Chris being part of the, the British uh, Empire, you know, they have a, a queen at the moment, and there's a lot of speculation about who's going to be the next king. Uh, I mean, all, all of us kind of know it's Charles, and, and there's a whole bunch of re- realities that go into that. But it's interesting as when, when you become a king or a queen, you, you don't just get appointed. Okay, cool, any, mini miny, mo, it's you, or according to your bloodline. No, you, you are chosen based on your credentials. Your credentials being your bloodline, your family, your heritage, uh, something of, there's a sense of, of almost divinity that is attached to that for us South Africans. Um, I, we have a nation in our we have actually many different tribes in our, in our nation, but one in particular that at the moment this reality of, of kingship and, uh, is a real reality is for the Amazulu nation, who, as many of you will remember, during the um, pandemic, uh, their king passed, and then a few days later the queen passed as well, and that left them in a bit of a conundrum. Who is going to ascend? Who is going to become the next king? And there's been a lot of sort of... Uh, you know, debates about that, but at least uh, I, I recently heard that our president has declared that he acknowledges the current uh, king that is a, a prince at the moment. So he hasn't actually become the king yet because there hasn't been a coronation ceremony that, take place, that took place. Now, when you become a king or a queen, it says, what do you, what do you happens to you? You ascend the throne and ascension happens. Now, the definition of, an asc- of ascension basically means is the action of rising to an important position or a higher level. And that's why it's so important for us to understand that Christ not only lived, died for our sins and was raised from the dead, but he had to ascend to a new place. For, for Queen Elizabeth, before she ascended the throne and became and was set in place as the Queen of England... The day before the coronation, she was Princess Elizabeth. But once she had ascended the throne, she now became Queen Elizabeth. And from that day onwards, the nature of her relationships with others changed. I mean, many of you understand a bit of those, those of you that follow the the royal family, you know, there's certain protocols you can't. Unless you're Donald Trump, I guess, then you mess up all the, all the little, you know, protocols that are supposed to happen. And, but, you know, so 
there's certain things you can't, you know, you only speak when she's spoken to, you don't touch the queen, there's a whole bunch of things. From that moment onwards, from her coronation, from her ascension, the nature of her relationship changed. And in the same way for us, that's in the physical sense, in the same way for us, we need to understand that our relationship with Christ changed that moment when he ascended. Not only does our relationship change, but also for her as, king, as queen, her authority changed. And so Christ, even though he was fully God, fully man, had already crushed Satan, overcome death, paid for sin, but he had to ascend so that he could take on the full authority that God had promised to him. We see this in Acts chapter 1. There's this amazing account, and I, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't blame the disciples for their, their reaction, but this is what happens um, in verse 9 of chapter 1 of the book of Acts. It says, and when he had said these things, basically speaking to them about all authority being given to him on heaven and earth, and therefore he is commissioning them again, but in this instance he says to them, wait in Jerusalem until you receive power from on high, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, which we will be celebrating in 10 days' time on the day of Pentecost. And so he's saying to them, this is what's going to happen. You need to wait. And when he said, said this, these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And they, while they were gazing into heaven, can you imagine that kind of moment? While they were gazing into heaven... As he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? Stupid question. This Jesus, you who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Now for the disciples, just moments before, they were still asking Jesus. They still haven't quite gotten the plot. They're still asking Jesus, Jesus, are you going to restore that political authority? Are you going to take over the world? Are you going to sort out the Romans for us? They're still asking, you know, if, if this kingdom is of this world, and Jesus is like, don't worry about that. Wait for the empowering of my Holy Spirit. And then he has this sort of Superman, you know, moment up into the air. And I mean, can you imagine just standing there and seeing Christ, who this this Lord, that you had just a few days ago had had breakfast on the beach with, who had appeared to you as you were walking on the road to Emmaus and discussing what had happened and him opening the word to you, him being with you in, in a room and the next minute being out of the room, you being together in a moment to pray and then God, Christ comes into the room without opening any of the doors because all the doors were locked. In his heavenly body, in that moment, he is fully God, fully man, and yet God chose to take him up into heaven. And this is a hugely significant moment. It's something that I think we shouldn't underestimate. And I want to just talk through four different aspects uh, or reasons why the, this, the ascension matters to us today. Because I feel like it doesn't, I don't think it really rings as true as it should for us. So the first thing it, it explains to us is, and why it matters, is because Jesus' ascension explains 
Jesus' absence. Now, if, if Jesus had died and was buried in a tomb, you and I could take international trips to go see. Here he's buried. None of us have that. If Jesus had remained in his body, we're not having international trips going to go see Jesus, as happens in certain church traditions and other. I've got to go to the place, the special place where, where God is or where the special anointed one of God is, the moment. And I mean, I know in our, even in our charismatic moments, we have those, like, I've got to go the, the pilgrimage up to whichever church or flow or place you might think. The reason why we'd have to go there is because while Christ was, had not yet ascended, he was still in bodily form, which meant he could only be in one place at one time. But his ascension actually explains the fact that he's absent. He is no longer physically present with us, but because of the Holy Spirit being poured out, he can be everywhere at all times. God, Christ becomes omnipresent because of his ascension. You know, there's that sort of saying or, or thought, um, and this is the reality for us as believers, you know, 2,000 plus years later, after these events, it says that blessed are we who have believed, though we haven't seen. 1 Peter um, chapter, chapter 1 verse 8 says, Though you have not seen him, you love him. Paul writes and he says, it's, you know, it's, it would be better for me to be absent from the body and present with the Lord. But for your sake, I'm choosing to be here. And, and, and there's a sense of a confirmation that Christ had to rise. He had to be removed. But he gives us this promise in Matthew chapter, um, um, chapter 18, verse 20. He says, where two or more are gathered, there I am in their midst. Also says in, in Matthew 28 verse 20, it says, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. That's the, the, the great commandment or great commission. And behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. We see that Christ had not just risen from the dead, but he had now also ascended. And we, as the, as the angels said to the disciples as they came into the, the tomb and found it empty, the angels had to say to them, He's not here, for he has risen in the same way you and I can say, he is not here on this earth, for he has ascended. He is no longer here. And his ascension then shows us that the necessity for us to understand that even though he is absent physically, because he was ascended, he has poured out his spirit, which means he can be at all places at all times. Today, throughout the world, people are celebrating this very fact. Christ is risen and ascended and it's amazing for me to think that god and his love and 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 wisdom would want to give me access to his presence at that level i can experience him i can encounter him even right now you and i can access god's presence because christ has ascended the second reality around um, this ascension is that his ascension actually enthrones Jesus at the Father's right hand. Remember I spoke about that he had to ascend, he had to take hold, he had to become and, and actually go and be seated on the throne in order for him to receive a new re relationship as well as new authority. And that was God's promise to him. 
it's amazing for me to see how often even in our, um, in our walk with God, how we can miss this reality that Christ left her heaven. He left all of the trappings, all of the amazing realities, that the glory of heaven to take on flesh, to live amongst us. But ultimately, he returned home to God. He returned back to his father. But then it's not just that he returned back to his father, but actually he returned so that he would be able to rule and reign. Jesus actually conquered death. And by dying and rising, we see this in Revelation where the lion has conquered, who was conquered, is seen as a lamb who has been slain, but is now standing. You see, friends, when Christ was ascended next to the, father, the right hand of the Father, he completed the work, completely what God had done. He paid the price, but now he is, as we were seeing throughout the summer, just this beautiful picture of the lion and the lamb. But this lion looks like a lamb that was slain. But it says that this lamb is standing. It's a very strange image. For us, if you had to think physically, a, a, a lamb that has been slain cannot stand. It's dead. But Christ, the lamb that was slain, is standing. And so he now is seated with God at the right hand of the Father. And it also says that since he was slain, he, as we see in, in, in Psalm 100, 110, it says, The Lord says to my Lord, this is David speaking, The Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. You see, friends, as God, as Christ ascended, he not only returned home, but he also took on his rightful place. He also became a proclamation to all of heaven and to earth that he is a victorious king, that he is re ruling and reigning in power, and that we now have access, we, because in Ephesians says, we are now seated where? With Christ in heavenly places. And I love the way that, that Bruce explained this uh, to us just on, on Sunday night. I want to encourage you to listen to um, the, the sessions from, from our summit. It's available on our website at our summit tab. You can just go click there. A little bit of a plug in there for you guys. But what he says is, he's seated at the right hand of God. So, so God, he says, I'm seated. He seats us at the right hand of God. But we're seated with Christ. At, so it's us, it's God, it's us, and Jesus. We're right in the middle. We are seated with Christ at the right hand of God. That's the picture that you and I should have. And we should understand if Jesus had not ascended, we would not be seated with him. We wouldn't be able to have access. We wouldn't have been able to experience and express that. And the picture that we have today is that God and Christ is ruling and reigning right now. And just as Bruce explained to us so beautifully about the spiritual authority, this reality that God is not fighting the devil at every level. Angels, the creative order, you know, plants, animals, humans, angels, all on that created spectrum, none of those realities, you know, compared to God. God is outside of that space. 
So he's not affected by those things. And therefore, he gives us authority to now rule and reign even over angels and demons, as he has said. Friends, this is a powerful reality that if we could see, if we could see what God has entrusted us with and what we actually have access to, we would see that the ascension, thirdly, actually shows us the continuation of Jesus' priestly work. He is our high priest in the order of Melchizedek who now intercedes on our behalf. How could he have ever interceded on our behalf if he had not ascended? How could, he not, how could we have access and how could he come into the, the presence of God to plead on our behalf if he had not been seated at the right hand of God? Friends, it changes everything for us. And in the same sense then, Christ's cross takes care of us. He's, it proclaims to everyone that it is finished because every time God looks at us, he looks at us through Christ, cleansed, healed, set free, completely whole. And what we need to understand is that our, our salvation is completely linked with the ascension. If there was no ascension, there would be no salvation. I like this quote from Robert um, Peterson. He refers to the, to the ascension as the great linchpin of Christ's saving work. Now, what's a linchpin? Some of you guys are like, like me. I was like, what's a linchpin? So the first definition is a person or thing vital to an enterprise or, or organization. So in other words, like nurses are the linchpin of the National Health Service. That's the. But another way is to explain that a linchpin is a pin passed through the end of an axle to keep the wheel in position. So the ascension, if, if, if Christ's finished work of salvation is the wheel, the ascension is the pin that keeps the wheel in place. Without that pin... It would fall apart. We, we, would, we would not have salvation to the fullest extent. And that's why God wants us to understand that the ascension is, is, is proof of the finished work of Christ. It is a seal for us. We don't have to just say, well, Jesus is really risen from the dead. There's proof of that. But we also have proof in the sense that there's no grave. He was taken, like Enoch, taken up into heaven. Like Elijah, taken up into heaven. He did not taste death a second time, but was taken in, up into heaven. And so the, this resurrection, or the, this ascension, does not d diminish the cross and the resurrection in the accomplishment of redemption. Rather, it is a nece necessary extension of them for the application of our redemption. So I apply, I appropriate, I receive God's redemption fully because Christ has raised, has, has ascended. And so this is an important reality to see. Remember, I've spoken about this before. When Christ is now our high priest, he is the one that is seated. In the Levitical order, the priest never sat down because he had to give an, a, a sacrifice over and over and over again. 
But because Christ is our high priest and the sacrifice he brought was once and for all enough, he can now, as our priest, our mediator, sit at the right hand of God. That, I think, is an important reality to see. Fourthly, the ascension actually serves as a launch pad for the conquest of Jesus as well as his return. What, I, what do I mean by that? When Jesus ascended into heaven, his work wasn't finished. Yes, the, the work of redemption was finished, but the enemy's becoming his footstool wasn't finished. So he ascended so that we would receive the power from on high when the Holy Spirit was poured out upon us, where we would become his kingdom agents. And now Christ, on our behalf, along with the empowering of the Holy Spirit, is accomplishing his kingdom, is coming every single moment of the day. His full purpose is being expressed. And this is, a, I think, a, a powerful reality for us to see. If, if we had not realized that we can now, by the power of the Holy Spirit, as it says, he's going to send us the Holy Spirit, our helper, our counselor, who's going to teach us, who's going to lead us, who's going to empower us. If Jesus hadn't ascended, we would not have received it. And also understanding that because Christ's work is not finished yet, we eagerly can await his return. We can await his return when the Father says, as Zach shared with us so powerfully on Sunday morning, that when the bridegroom goes home, he asks for the bride's hand in marriage. It is confirmed. It says, yes, then he goes home to prepare a place for her. And when the Father says the place is ready, then the Father says, it's ready, you go fetch your bride. In the same picture for us, Christ came, won for himself a bride, you and I, through the redemption of his cross, now ascends back into heaven, the home, the place where he's preparing a place for us. As he's preparing this place for us, it is when the Father says, now it's an opportunity for you, you you're no longer going to be sitting, sitting, you're actually going to be rising. You've got to rise from your throne to go and redeem for yourself a bride because there's the bridegroom, the marriage of the supper of the Lamb is ready, it's prepared. And that happens when the Father says the time is right. And therefore, friends, the, the last time I, I checked, Jesus said that the end would come. I know we've got lots of different, different sort of theories, and the world we live in is a pretty strange place. Lots of interesting and amazing things are happening. But last time I checked, Jesus said, when would the end come? When this gospel has been proclaimed to everyone on the planet. When every nation, tribe, and tongue has heard and heard the proclamation of this gospel. Which means, friends, last time I checked, the job's not done yet. And so we can eagerly await the return of Christ. But if we are not partnering with him and the Holy Spirit in the proclamation of that gospel. Also asking the Lord, perhaps there's some unreached people groups. A friend of mine uh, from Potchefstroom, he's part of the church there. He's part of a, a, an organization and they focus in their work to, with unreached and also what they call disengaged uh, people groups. And there are 
many, many tribes and nations that still have not had any access. In the Western world, I heard a stat just recently, Tyron shared it with us. In the Western world, I think every hour, uh, something like 40,000 people can hear the gospel at any given, within an hour. In some of these unreached people groups, one person hears the gospel every 40 years. Friends, it's, it's one thing for us to say, wow, praise Jesus, he's ascended, and the Holy Spirit has come, and I, I'm on my way to heaven, won't you? You guys know it's my favorite song to sing when I'm preaching. It's easy for us to be like, oh, cool, he's done it all. It's like I can enjoy, I can enjoy, I can wait for him. No, friends, he ascended so that we could get on with the job. That's why he told his disciples, wait in Jerusalem, pray, watch and pray till the Holy Spirit comes so that what? You can be my witnesses in Jerusalem. Klatschdorp for some of us here. Klerksdorp. <laughs> Judea, the northwest. Samaria, Botswana, Zimbabwe, Lesotho. The ends of the earth friends god wants us to get on with the job and this is his ascension actually empowers us and i want to ask you don't waste his ascension don't waste it don't think of it just like oh that's a wonderful thing thursday night take it off but actually let's let's get on with the job realizing that even though jesus is not absent you and I have access to his presence every single day. So we can appropriate, we can enjoy, we can experience him every single moment of the day. I love what Paul writes in Philippians 1 verse 21 to 26. He says, for, to, for me to live is Christ. This is what our lives are supposed to look like. And to die is gain. So because to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So that's a wonderful thing. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. Dead which, yet which shall I choose? I cannot tell. I'm hard-pressed between the two. He's sort of a rock, hard and a, hard, a rock and a hard place. My desire is to depart to be with Christ, for that is far better. But I remain in the flesh. Uh, but to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. God's given us gifts. He's given us abilities for the benefit of others. The church is the only organization, if you wanted to call it that, that exists, what? For its non-members. For those that are not uh, plugged in yet. Convinced of this. So Paul's saying, listen, I'm, I'm convinced. I'm convinced that my life is supposed to be lived for the glory of God, for the benefit of others. And because I have a relationship with God, that's what I'm convinced of. I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith, so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ because of my coming to you again. That's the first thing, friends. Christ might be absent in the physical sense, but his presence with us in the spiritual sense. Because of his ascension. He is our king. So let us worship him and let us recognize him that he is, our relationship with him has changed. The relationship of the world has changed. He was not just simply a, a, a kind of Jewish peasant that at some point 
got some people excited in Jerusalem, was murdered on a cross, and then some of his followers got this bright idea that maybe he's risen. No, he is now ascended and glorified, and he is now the royal king, empowered. And, and so our relationship with him has changed. He's also our high priest who is interceding on our behalf, which means, friends, you and I don't have to try and do this by ourselves. I don't have to tackle the challenges, the sins, the hard attitudes, the struggle of perhaps unforgiveness or my frustration with my colleague or the challenges that are our world faces, I don't have to face those things alone because I have a high priest that's interceding on my behalf. And so when I appropriate that power, when I, when, I, when I lean into what God has said, when I remember that I am seated above these powers and principalities, that I take those thoughts captive and I bring them under the lordship of Christ because I understand he is high and lifted up and I'm seated with him. When I live from that place, all of a sudden, wait a minute, my sins are forgiven. I'm justified. I'm sanctified. And I am united with him. And that's where God wants you and I to live. But also, friends, you and I need to understand that Christ is returning. And we need to be witnessing. We need to be sharing this gospel with others. And I know for some of us, like Gareth, I don't have money to go on an outreach somewhere. You know, last time I checked, it's hard work going somewhere else. Let's just ask Romke and the guys that go off it. In our church, it's not Romke's job to go reach the unreached people groups. It's all of us. But I know you have a family member or a colleague. And I'm asking you, have you got a, them on a prayer list? Are you praying for them at least? Are you sharing with them? Listen. I, I hear you always complaining about your husband or your wife or your finances, but you know what? My faith in Jesus has really helped me with this. Really? What? Yes, this is what the Word says. I was once where you are. I was also struggling in this area, but I came, I, it, I, I realized that I have an intercessor, a, a priest, a high priest that's interceding on my behalf, empowering me. Are you struggling in your, with your health? Let me pray with you. Let me encourage you. Because, friends, all of a sudden, when you and I change our perception, when we begin to be intentional by sharing the gospel with others, we are speeding up the return of Christ. Let's not rest on our laurels and just say, oh, cool, God will take care of it. No, he has chosen each of us by name for his glory. Can I ask you to stand with me? Lord Jesus, I thank you that you ascended. Lord, you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You are seated at the right hand of God. And we want to, we want to build our lives upon you. And I know, Jesus, that you became the rock of offense, the one that, from a worldly perspective, people would say, you're not something really to look at, not something to really trust in. But Lord, we know that your relationship with us and towards us has changed. You are now the exalted king. And we worship you tonight from that 
with that perspective, Lord. And I pray for us as a community of faith, Lord, that we would live in that knowledge, that we would become more heavenly-minded, more aware of what it is you are doing and what you're saying, just as you, when you were walking this earth, you only did what you heard the Father say you should do. What you saw the Father doing was what you were doing. What you were saying was what the Father was saying. Holy Spirit, I pray even right now that you would empower us, that you would give us and grant us the, the, the desire and the hunger to know you more, Lord, as our reigning King, but also as our High Priest, the Lamb standing that was slain, the one that was, has paid the price for us but still has overcome. And so, Lord, I pray that even as we respond now, Lord, we pray that you would, you would really settle in our hearts, Lord, that you, Holy Spirit, would afresh anoint us, encourage us, lift us up, Lord, so that we would be salt and light to this world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us for today's message. Don't forget to check out our website or visit City on a Hill International on Instagram or Facebook for our updates, celebration times, or ways you can get involved. We are also streaming our message on Facebook Live, so make sure you join us or share the post. Thanks again for checking out our podcast. We'll see you soon.